getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am a little bit hoarse uh, from singing and getting words wrong uh, on the concourse of Block 5, which I'm sure we will discuss at some length today. Um, the, 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 well, not even t- too much length. The, the three of us were together yesterday to watch the game. Trev, you left my house this morning and headed back up north because of all this kerfuffle with train strikes and everything else. What a Chinese we had last night. Yeah, we did. It was even though I was absolutely drunk as a skunk, right? It was it was a lovely Chinese. It was a lovely feed, and it was good. It was it was we were quite somber while we were eating it, weren't we, Ferg? Because yeah, we just got out of the FA Cup, you know, and so we were on a bit of a downer. But the food was good, and the company was nearly as good. So yeah, it, we, we sort of sorted ourselves out, didn't we? Yeah, Dan wasn't there at all. So Dan, uh, you at home, Sulkin. Right. Did you? You didn't go out? No, because you weren't even drinking. But I tell you what, we did come to the conclusion yesterday. You do not need a beer to get that that North Bank uh, going. Oh, okay. I mean, good to good to conclude that. I mean, I'd like them to be a bit louder than they were yesterday. So uh, maybe I do need a beer because it's not quite where I'd like it to be. But hey ho. The only thing is, if you ha- if you have a beer and you're on the North Bank, you end up with a voice like this. When you don't have a beer and you're on the North Bank, you end up with a voice like yours. Um, before before we do go into any of that, um, it was of really sad, sad news uh, that we heard over the weekend that Sophie Nicolau uh, lost her mum, Flora, uh, who passed away over the weekend. And we sort of pass on our condolences to her and her family. Um, we have messaged her and we sent her a little message. We put something up on Twitter um, just to spread the love from all of us here. It was me and Trev, but all of us here on, on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Afternoon. Um... We're not doing our normal football, sort of what we anticipate about the game, because there's more important things in life than football. Uh, Family are the most important things in the world. Trev's one of my mates and part of my Arsenal family, as are the lads behind us. And one of our Arsenal family have lost somebody of their own. Sophie, um, we're thinking of you. And uh, yeah, really sad to hear about your mum. Wishing you all the best from me. Yep, so our thoughts are with you, sweetheart. We're going to football today, but in the end, I'm thinking my thoughts are with you, so love you, sweetheart. Up the Arsenal. Yeah, it was it wasn't great news to get before the game, was it? So yeah, no, very sad. Yeah. And obviously, I wasn't with you guys yesterday, but um, yeah, same from all of us, really. It's uh, it's never yeah. good news, yeah. and things more important than football. So, oh, yeah. they are, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Listen, um, uh, another momentous uh, milestone was reached in Arsenal history over the weekend as well, which was the uh, 90th anniversary of Sir Herbert Chapman. Um, We've done the history series with Andy and Mark a couple of summers ago now, Trevor is, and it was really yeah. revealing. With, yeah, it's two summers ago. Blimey. So It's 90 years since his funeral, um, and I learned a lot about him, just like... Uh, how ingenious he was with regards to 
lot of people talk about Wenger, but I think the impact, Trev, that um, Herbert Chapman had had on our, on our club and football itself, uh, with people coming out side by side to this day, was what he did when Arsenal played Wigan in the FA Cup final in 1931, I think it was. Um, he started that tradition and it's carried on in football and the FA Cup ever since. But yeah, uh, it was an interesting podcast. You should check it out. What do you think, Trev? Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed doing that series. I enjoyed it that much. I've got it pinned to the top of my Twitter account. It was a, um, it was a massive learning curve for both you and myself. We did that with Mark and Andy. They're two such knowledgeable guys. Um, yeah, it was very enjoyable. And you're right, Fergie, in what you say. My opinion is that uh, if no Herbert Chapman, no Arsenal as we know it, you know, that's it, it really is that that black and white for me. It really is. If mm -hmm. Herbert Chapman didn't come along, yeah, we might still have a football club. We might not, but we certainly wouldn't have a club of the stature that we're lucky enough and honoured in my view to support me. Dan, did you look look at the, the series and that, and that particular video or not? No, I wouldn't watch you two if I wasn't honest, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I'm uh, but I haven't. But um, just something that, that popped up in my mind, um, Trev said something about it was pinned. And I'm just looking at a few things that are pinned. And Trev, your lights look really good and really straight, mate. Honestly, I am, um, I'm glad someone on here has got an eye for detail because Thanks, the other mate. ones, uh, yours are shocking, mate. I'm not going to lie. He's, he's, you're being shown up by Trev. Ferg, uh, uh, Dan, I've got the spirit level out because I, I saw how bad Ferguses were and I thought, well, I'm not dropping to that level. I'm not stooping that low. So I made sure they were pretty straight, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, mate, have, have, your, um, have your pictures gone even more wonky, Ferg? You call me Ginger, bruv. Do you know what? You man can say what... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's getting boring now. He's only got one joke, hasn't he? he just gets I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, since you're in the mood of taking the piss out of me, uh, before I'm we... I'm Yeah, worry. I know you are. I know you are. Um, I, I, I stood in the middle of the El, El, the El Nenny song, uh, but I had been in the woodbine, the coronet. Do not go to the coronet. It is awful. Uh, and the tolly beforehand. It might have been it's a while. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I told I told the band. Uh, well, other BSOs are, are are available. Everyone, by the way. Yeah, yeah. but. I just looked back uh, at that video and just thought one me turning away in disgust and then just Sam just laughing at you, mate. It just no, because uh, I, I, I got all the words all mixed up as as per normal. It wouldn't be me if I didn't. And I I had had a few beers, and then Sam could see I was struggling, and uh, he just then just jumped in and I went thank you. And about half a dozen guys all around it all heard it. So they all start laughing at me going, oh, cheers, thanks for helping us out of a hole. It was it was really, really, really funny. What, what um, was you even saying? Because it sounded like you went, you know, you, that's all I heard. I I think, no, because as soon as I had started that sentence, I knew it was about two or three sentences on the right, and that was it. My brain went to, to blamange, uh, and I was absolutely ruined. But it was a great atmosphere, well, I thought, there. I, I thought that your numbers were down at block five last night. I thought that there wasn't so many 
people around you as they normally. But then again, I didn't think there was going to be it with it being a cup game and being a different type of crowd. But I thought you did really well. I was um, very much enjoying it. I even come and had a little joining last night, you know. And then the, the old Nenny song came on and Dan tried to headlock me and I legged it quick, got out of there. <laughs> Hey, it was good. Yeah, you know, it was good. We had, we, we had young Theo there, Jude, who we uh, met a few, uh, I think it was at the Brighton game. He came with his mum. And there was a lots of other kids with their dads, and it was very much a family thing. And we, we got more and more of the kids involved. And it's not all about, like, beer-swelling old gits and that. It's all about everybody being included and enjoying it. And uh, I think we made a few kids' days, um, and I, I enjoyed myself as well. So, yeah. You were drunk yeah, for yeah. We were both very drunk. We hit the beer a bit hard yesterday, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We started a bit hard. Yeah. Hit the beer yeah. a bit hard, yeah. But it was you didn't have to put up with him for the whole 90 minutes of the game. You what, I didn't mate? say that much. You didn't have to put up with him for the whole 90 minutes of the game. Oh, you didn't Thank say you. Oh, you did say a few things, Berg. Thankfully, <laughs> Thankfully, I did. I, 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 I was promoting London and the tourism industry, or well, at least my thoughts of it, at least. <laughs> yeah, you were very close to the line. But no, it was the... It's it's good to blood the next generation, right? We've got to get some of the youngsters through and get them get them enjoying just singing in front of people and enjoying themselves and and even the new faces around and you know I'm sure we're going to talk about it later. New faces aren't a bad thing when people are singing and joining in and getting getting behind the club. So the more people to do that, the better. Um, they'll grow to know that that's where the crowd is and that's where they go and and that's like last year people started to to know where to go and they'll do the same thing, but. Just don't don't stand there on video and don't stand there on the outskirts and not get involved. Just get involved. And start video, video if you like, but enjoy it. Get involved and, and sing I'm along. Down. You know, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But some people are, as as um, Trevor pointed out before, some people are going to be there once, twice. Leanne just said she's been trying all season to get into in the ballot, and she can't get in the ballot. So when they're going to go there, they're going to record those moments because they're not going to get to see them very often. Um, I, I just I just thought it was really really good. You know, um, I'll, I'll send you videos, don't worry. Very, <laughs> you're talking about ballots and fans, Ferg. I don't know if you've had it, boys, but I had a um, survey through from the Arsenal today to do with last night's game, which I don't normally fill them in, which is bad. You should. And I filled it in today. And one of the questions was, what do you think of the atmosphere at the game? I thought you were going to say something else. Improved, <laughs> right? And so you can imagine my answer to that. I actually ran out of space to write to them about it. It was polite, but it was it was to the point. So, yeah. yeah. That's what we need, more people giving that sort of feedback. And hopefully, they, they must have seen a difference. Honestly, there, there's parts of last night where you could hear a pin drop. And, and I've not heard the Emirates like that for, for a couple of years. And, and No, it's great. It's not been. Look, there was a lot of things different about the Emirates uh, yesterday, including uh, the crowd. There was an awful lot of different people around us. We saw some of the familiar faces, but many of the familiar faces uh, weren't in Block 5. Something else that was very unfamiliar for us at home was playing white. Um, should we ban... I know the sentiment and I know the message that's around the white kit. Um, I've got different views. I've got changing views. on it. I think anything that helps... Stop somebody get involved in any sort of something if it does something great, but I don't think we should be playing at white in white at home. Trev, um, for a guy, take a slightly different view in that I don't like us to see us playing in white, but the reasoning behind it has got to be highlighted because 
kids are still killing themselves, killing each other with these knives on a almost daily, definitely weekly, but still almost daily basis. It's on the rise. There's been a big bit about mm. it on the TV today. So I'm proud of my football club for highlighting it and going out their way. I don't like the white kid, but it, the white kit. But if it's going to save one kid from getting killed, that's enough for me. But that's enough mm. for me. So, so I can live with it, mate, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get, I get, look, I get both views. I just, for me, I would like it be an all red kit. We've done that and, and go enough red or something like no, that. It, it, the, 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 so, you know what the sentiment I, is. I, I know the sentiment. Let's let's move on from there. I like, I like, um, I like the yeah. idea, but I think there's alternative ways of doing it, whether it's like a, a blacked out kit or something like that. The only thing I don't like about white is I don't ever like seeing Arsenal play in white because we don't play in white that lot do. And for me, the history of the club avoiding us playing in white would be a good thing. But as you said, the sentiment is fantastic and and the idea behind it, they just maybe needs a little bit of a tweak. And maybe this is something I think, again, that the club maybe just needs some interaction with fans. What do you think about it? What's your idea? What do you think we could do? And maybe an alternative arrangement other than white. Yeah. The the, the other thing is as well, the numbers on the back. Uh, I know 10 points of San Miguel doesn't help, but you know the numbers on the back make it a little bit difficult as well to figure out who's on the pitch sometimes. Um, so let's look at that lineup. There were some changes. Ramsdale was in goal. Jesus was out because of a knee injury, and there's rumours that that could be up to three months. Um, we had Nelson starting ahead of Gabriel uh, uh, Martinelli, um, and um, uh, we had Havertz playing as a number nine. Liverpool without Mo Salah, who was at the African Cup of Nations, and Van Dijk was dropped. Um, what do we make of the lineup then, Dan? We we please. I've got absolutely no complaints. I, I think you look at that lineup. Um, if Jesus is out, you either give Eddie a chance or, or have it up top. I think Jorginho coming in deserves a chance. Um, maybe he was a little bit surprised that Nelson, given how big a game it was, but for me, he took his chance in the first hour and, and he's looked lively when he's played. So I've got no real complaints and, and everyone was quite happy to see Ramsdale back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that note, now, Dan, I know you said that um, you feel that David Raya is a better keeper um, on paper and will be our number one eventually instead of um, Aaron Ramsdale. But on the performance yesterday and looking back at, at some of the saves on match today, they haven't watched the, the, the game in entirety and other people's feedback. I know there's a bit of emotion involved in that as well. Um, but people are saying that he deserves his start against Palace. and. He was better than Raya has been to date. Yeah, I mean, I, I have said many times I think Raya's the better keeper, but I've also said many times that I don't think Ramsdale had done enough to be dropped at that point. So hmm. I think long term, I, I do see Raya as a number one, but I've also not seen enough to suggest that Ramsdale should be dropped um, for Raya. And looking at both the keepers, I, I don't think there's much between them. I think in recent weeks, Raya has also play quite well and probably gone unnoticed. I think when Raya does play well, the fans are not going to highlight it because quite rightly they're 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 behind um Ramsdale as well. He's a fan's favourite. But I, I really couldn't care less who plays, mate. I really couldn't. I, I I like them both. If they wear an Arsenal shirt, I'll support them. And it's a good position to be in the fact that they're both quality keepers in my opinion. And whoever mm. plays you know it's totally indifferent from me. 
Trev, do you have any different differing views on on that? I know without going over the old same stuff yeah. again, if you know what I mean. Do you know what, mate? I feel sorry for both of the keepers at the minute because yeah. they're both in a lose-lose, you know? Ramsdale is going to be nervous when he comes back in. He, he, he's that kind of hyped-up player anyway. And Raya can't win because whatever he does, a lot of the fans want Ramsdale. So I feel sorry for them both. I'm still in the Ramsdale camp, if I'm honest, but Raya's done nothing wrong either. We've got two excellent goalkeepers in one place in the side, and... Uh, I'm not happy with the situation because I honestly think the, the the biggest thing about it is that I think it might be affecting the defence a bit because we've started leaking goals. You know, we started leaking quite a few goals when before we had the change abouts with the keepers, we were we had the best defensive record in the league, and now we're letting a lot of, quite a few goals in. So yeah, I, I I I want it resolved. If it means one of them leaving, then so be it. I don't want to see Ramsdale leave. I think Ray is a good goalkeeper as well. But my opinion, for what it's worth, I honestly think it's starting to have an effect on a bigger picture and uh, it needs sorting. I think what, what I don't want to do, Trev, is, is looking at every sort of micro scenario within a game at a keeper. And that's what I think people are starting to do. And you even had people yesterday saying for, for the corner, you know, Ray doesn't come for that for that corner and miss it. You'll have Ray all play and make a mistake and they'll say Ramsdale wouldn't do that. And, and you're looking at every single mistake as opposed to saying just just get behind them and support wherever he's in the team. Uh, it's not it's not a good position to be in, but I think as fans as well, the frustration is there and it's maybe a way of fans venting frustration. How else do they show frustration? Um, we're going to talk about booze later. Booze are not the answer, but how else do you show frustration that, that there's limited ways that you can show it as a fan? And also, if, if we are that limited on finances to be able to buy people, as much as I like Raya, and I think we should sign him, if that's how funds and that's how limited we are, I don't think that's where the funds should be going. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, do you know what, Dan? I had that thought today, mate. If we get to the end of the season and uh, FFP starts kicking in and that, if, sign, if, if signing Raya stops us signing a striker of some capability... Then I'll have questions in my head thinking, I don't know what's going on here, you know. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. a situation I just found himself in, and it's not pleasant, to be honest. It's not pleasant at all. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about the game itself. So, in the first half, we were quite a dominant performance. Nelson should have put us ahead on the third minute. He had hit uh, Allison on the ground. Um, uh, you know, he was, he was quite rooted. It was, uh, and it was just a poor attempt. He just went a bit too wide, over, overran the ball. Um, we also had Odegaard, uh, who was outstanding in the first half. He hit the bar. He also had an opportunity for Odegaard, where he passed it to, I think it was Nelson, where he overplayed. And there was, seemed to be an awful lot, of, especially in the second half. And Havertz had two um, two opportunities, I think, in that first half as well. But he seemed to dilly and dally and, and, and not, you know, not take his chances. Trevor, um, where... Let's look at the positives in that first half because there was a lot of positives. We really, really played well. We talked in our drunken stupor walking back to the train station about you know how well we overall played in that game when we actually deserved something, even if it was a replay. We've done the same when we went up to, to Anfield. We played really well. And even against West Ham, who school, schooled us, um, 
we didn't perform badly. We just couldn't break them down. Uh, the only poor game out of this run uh, really is the Fulham one that's really disappointing. They're all disappointing, but let's talk about the positives in that first half. What what did you um what did you make of it? Mate, do you know what? I don't think we did anything that that, that made us that should should have said we lose the game at all in the whole game. Yeah, the second half we dropped off a bit and, and Liverpool played a bit better, but we really did play well. And uh, it's it, it, the, the the pattern of the last few weeks came back to haunt us again. It, it really did. You know, you can't not talk about the fact that we're not putting the ball in the net. Um, and it's it's come back and bit us squarely on the backside again last night. We did everything correct on the field. Played really well. Moved the ball well. Got it into the final third. And then we, we, we just didn't finish our chances off for whatever reason, you know. And it, you can make all the reasons I've been hearing today. They're all quite valid in their own ways, you know. But the fact of the matter is, if you're not putting a ball in the net, you don't win games, right? So a system that was working up until a few weeks ago is now not working, yeah? All our lads that are chipping in goals have suddenly all stopped chipping in together, right? They've all stopped scoring at once. We've not just had Saka stop. We've not just had Martinelli stop. We've not just had Odegaard stop. We've not just had Jesus stop. They've all bloody stopped. And it's coming in it, in it. And, and the problem lays for me in that there's no preparation for that happening. We haven't got a plan B. He tried to change it with some substitutions last night, but it was the same, you know? So I'm I'm quite disappointed that we haven't got this striker. I know we go on about it, but when you look at the situation, when you look at what's happening, when them, them chipper inners, as I call them, with, with the goals up like last season, was it Martinelli and Odegaard got 15 apiece? Saka got 14. I mean, you can't blame Arteta. No one could foresee them all stopping scoring at once. You couldn't foresee that. It's just bad luck. But it's happened. And it's not happened because we're not building up the game properly. We're really playing quite well. So the, the one thing that disappoints me is we need someone to put the ball in the net. Was I drunk or did we played Havertz further forward last night, didn't we? Down, down Havertz was number, number nine, yeah. And, and you were drunk. It didn't work, did it? It didn't work. <laughs> I'm not knocking the lad for his efforts. I'm just saying it didn't work playing him through the middle. We didn't seem to be a threat that way. Didn't it? I think, I think I'm really quite well. worried. I'm really quite worried because if 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 it doesn't change, if they don't start scoring again and making the most of all these chances we're making soon, the season's going to become a no-go. It honestly is. It's that serious, this. So I don't know what the answer is, but I'm hoping my manager, who I still trust, Mr. Arteta has got something up his sleeve and we're going to sort it. Dan, your first half uh, view and and you were uh, unsure if uh, Trevor was totally uh, drunk enough uh, talking about Havertz. What, what, were your, what was your view on, on, on the first half performance in Havertz? I, I, I think Havertz did well in that role. I think when Havertz plays up top with his back to goal, he brings a different dimension to our team. But I do agree that he's not a clinical striker um, and he's, he's not going to be that 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 type of player. There, there are some people that just have it in their locker that they can finish when they get a chance they'll bury it. And I'm not disagreeing that we don't need a striker. In fact, 100% we need a striker. We need a focal point. We need someone that can play on the line, that can play against the defender and just be a little bit nasty and be a bit of a, a problem for a defender. We don't have that aspect to our squad at the minute. 
But one person isn't going to solve that issue. This is a collective issue that the team have stopped scoring and the team have dropped confidence in terms of finishing chances. So, and not only are we not finishing chances, we're not clinical in our own box in terms of defending, um, no, from set pieces. We've conceded three games in a row now from a set piece and we're not quite at the races as, as a squad at the minute. And that, and that makes things look worse than they are. But the, the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It's exactly what this squad is at the moment. The way we're set up is fantastic. We're, the way we press, the way we suffocate teams, the way we play football, we're creating chances. We're doing everything we need to do as a team, as a squad, as a as a backroom staff, as a manager, to get us in a position at both ends of where we need to be. But there are times when the players have to take responsibility. And at the moment, the players are not producing what we know they can produce and what the level we need to produce to, to continue in a title race. But... Things, things change very quickly in football. A few weeks ago, City were on a downer. A lot of you games, everyone's saying City are not the same. Now, all of a sudden, they're back favourites again for the for the title and everything's hunky-dory for them. Things can change. We just need a run. We need to build confidence again. And, and as fans, we need to get behind the team and help lift them. First, a very young... Go on. Go on. Go on. question, mate. I like it when you answer a few questions. Mate... I said it after the West Ham game that I thought West Ham had worked us out and played to to our weaknesses or or, or looked at where our weaknesses were and made sure we stayed there. Are we being worked out? Are managers starting to realise now that maybe for want of a better phrase, for a bit of a one-trick pony, if it don't go for us one way, it's not going to go anyway. I think I think I think there is an element of that because if you just have to look at the Villa game that we went to back in what when was it April and the way Saka Odegaard and and um, Ben White worked on that uh, wing together was sublime it was unreal I was one of the best bits of football I was sitting there stone cold sober a ladder both times at, at the Villa games um, and they were great and yet again we went to this uh, Villa game. And uh, it seems that you were two people on, on Saka. You you don't allow us to play out so wide. Martinelli has to come in a bit sooner. Uh, that doesn't allow Odegaard to tick and, and create like he did before. I do question maybe uh, a selection of a player or two maybe causing that problem as well. Is it Havertz that's causing that, that issue? Because we don't, not necessarily Havertz himself, but it's not Granit Xhaka. And as much as some of us are fans, some of us aren't fans. He was a, definitely a Marmite character. I think the lack of Granite Xhaka has had a big impact on this squad. Plus, as Leanne said, is there unrest behind closed doors? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Dan, the, the, thing, the thing I'd say on that, though, is back, back to what I just said about leading the horse to water. We are creating chances. So I wouldn't say that, that they figured us out. They're giving us more respect as a team because they know how good we are. But they haven't figured us out. They're not stopping us creating chances. We are just not finishing them. If we finished our chances, we would be winning these games. And then we'd all be on a completely different sort of scale of where we think the club is and where we can go to. We're just not bearing our chances. And that, that's down to us and no one else other than us. But we've also, we have changed a little bit how we play. Last year, we were very much more end-to-end, -end, you attack, we attack, Liverpool, Klopp style. We are more controlled this year. We're a bit more... City-esque in terms of how we control and suffocate teams. And it was working for a while in terms of how we defend. Um, it's definitely given us a bit of a change up top. We're not quite as slick, but if we're still creating chances, I'm not worried about the setup of the team. I'm just worried that we're not finishing them. 
Yeah, I, I am worried because we, we have had 60, 61 shots in three games and scored one goal. You know, that, that and yet in that first half, we absolutely battered Liverpool in that first half. I was talking to, not far down from where you are, I was in Brentwood uh, today and I was talking to a, a guy and he's a Liverpool fan and he was saying he was petrified. He didn't know how much we were going to beat them by. Three or four in that first half. We absolutely annihilated them, but we couldn't finish off. We couldn't finish our dinner. And that has got to be unacceptable, Dan. So, so does that not mean that the setup and the way we're playing is is working? But now individuals need to take ownership and finish their chances. So this isn't a setup. This isn't people figuring us out. This isn't people suffocating us and stopping us play. We're doing an element of the ball in it. There is an element of that where people are changing their style when they're coming to Arsenal. Um, we've had it for years where you know the low block and the, the people West Ham done it perfectly. If we if we look at it honestly, they got an early goal and that was it. There was nothing getting through them, and then they nicked the second one on the counter. And uh, you know the rest is the rest is history. They go away at the three points. And Lyle makes a good point as well about the build up play is a bit too slow. Um, back to the fast N10 football that you talked about, and that we we could do with a striker, somebody clinical up top. I think we all know that, and that was oh, I was just putting that up, uh, Trev. Um, Lyle's comment. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a big comment. On this. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, well, well, we got off on a little bit of a tangent away from the game, but I, I do think it's it's relevant in the sense that you know, if we have somebody who's a bit more clinical, if those players, if we're allowed to play. <laughs> that's the opposition's job. If we're allowed to play the football that we can play, uh, then we're, we're definitely being one, two or three up. Um, but do you not think it's a bit... Uh, Trev, you can probably back on this one. Do you think it's a bit tippy-tappy and a bit too... Like, using Odegaard for an example, when he had he was clear on goal and he passes it over to Nelson and Nelson fluffs his lines. And we've seen that quite a few times. You see, it's interesting you say that, folks, because... It wasn't too tippy-tappy last season when we were slotting all those chances away. You know, but mm. having said that, I think, was it, did, did Arteta mention himself something about it becoming a bit of a psychological problem, putting a ball in the net for these young players in front of goal? And that might be the reason we're seeing them pass and not shoot. You know, who knows what goes through their minds at that level of football, at that speed and that pace. But So I haven't got an answer to that question, Ferg. But what I do know is that someone within Arsenal Football Club needs to have an answer with that question because it needs to change. It needs to change quickly. We need to convert the great football we're playing into goals because nothing else matters. You can play great football 20 games in a row. If you don't score a goal, you, you, you're not. it's not worth it. You're not doing anything, you know. So I dare say they're working hard on it. They've got one game in the next 21 days. Um, we'll talk about people saying players play too many games shortly, but uh, they've got one game in the next 20, 21 days. They need to take it away and, and use those 21 days to really work out what's going on. And I'm sure that I trust our manager. I still trust him. And, I, I you know, he's our manager. You know what I'm like? So I'm sure that he'll have things going through his head and he'll have his team working on us, looking differently when we come out next time. Fingers crossed. Dan, should should they take more shots from outside the box? Odegaard was in a few uh, positions where he could have he hit the bar in that time. Obviously, Trent Arnold done the same at the end of the fir uh, first half. I'm I'm going to say no because 
I know the the moment you you um you mentioned with Erdogan passed to Nelson because I watched it back last night. And if you look at when Erdogan's about to take that shot, he's being closed down, and he sees a player wide that has a chance to get and run at a player. Nelson didn't control the ball right. He didn't take it in his stride. Erdogan is playing fantastic at the minute. I think he's going by the by because the players around him not finishing himself included, mm. not finishing. By the way, he's part of that, but. Looking at the stats, I looked at something on Sky um, a couple of days ago, and he's creating the most chances from open play from from anyone in the league at the minute. He's got, I think, third most pre-assists or um, or sorry, chance like pre-passes for the assists, sort of basically opening up the defense before they pull it across or, or create a chance. He's doing everything he needs to do. He looks good on the ball. He looks neat and tidy. He looks a threat. But if your <laughs> players around you don't finish, you don't look as good. Um, you, it, it comes do down to a, to a point that eventually you're going to have, if people are not finishing their chances, we need to look at someone that can come in and take their place that can finish them. But are you telling me we're going to go and up that front four and change the whole front four? That, that they're, they're, not going, they're not going to at this stage, but the, the, there was changes in the personnel. We had um, we had Jorginho on with um, uh, in, in that number six role, uh, which allowed Rice to move into that eight roller and Havertz into the nine and all this sort of stuff. Do you think that's what we were missing? And that's why we looked more lethal in that first half. And that's why even Odegaard seemed to have the space to move around. No, because I've not seen anything different from other games. We, we saw the same in, in previous games. It's, it's if people are not finishing chances, it changes your perspective of a game. You, you're never going to come out of a game losing, thinking... Oh, we're amazing. As well as we, you know, we played fantastic yesterday, but everyone's on a down, everyone's talking about negatives. People are never going to talk about how good we are. But we we're not a million miles off. It's fine margins, and we just need to build that confidence up again and, and start putting the ball in the net. I think I'd have them on the training ground just physically putting the ball in the net 100 and 150 times. It's yeah. it's mm-hmm. confidence. It's interesting, boys, isn't it? You know, it's um I just read that comment there from Dan and I forgot what I was going to say. That comes with old age people that you've all got it coming. Don't worry about it. But we're, we're doing everything right apart from... I, when I left the ground last night, I was disappointed because we'd gone out of the FA Cup. A, a, a competition that... I know it's losing a bit of its sparkle for certain people, but as an older Arsenal fan, the FA Cup means the world to me. You know, and I, I love to see us in a cup run. It feels you're full of hope. As long as you're in the cup, you're full of hope, you know, and you're, you've got another option. Um, and to go out in the third round, I always take it really quite hard. I do, and I've suffered a bit today with it. So I left the ground last night very disappointed because of that. Not so much because of the way we played even, because in the back of my head, I'm thinking, we can't keep on playing this well and not score. We can't keep on playing this well and not score. It's going to come back. But as I said earlier, between now and it coming back, I'd like us to have another option that helps kickstart it again. Yeah, and we haven't got that option for me that's going to help us kickstart it. That's the only thing that worries me about what's happening at the moment, boys. So it was a frantic first half. I don't know why, what a first half of football it was. For a neutral watching that game, and I did speak to a West Ham fan as well today, and they thought it was enthralling to watch. As a neutral, it would have been great. As a, an Arsenal fan, frustrating. As a Liverpool fan, frightening, especially in that first half. In the second half, um, Liverpool and Klopp changed it up slightly. They moved Nunes out, so I think it was to the left, or well, out wide. 
which meant that Nunes, Jota and Diaz started to work a bit more effectively in the start to get Azistan. But it wasn't without our chances. Sack had a chance at 58 minutes. Havertz had a chance at 61 minutes. Uh, then we took off Marti- uh, uh, Nelson and brought on Martinelli to give it a new impetus. So we still did look in this game. And I remember we saw some substitutions um, from Liverpool. And you turned around to me and said, it was all the young lads that were going on. You turned around to me and said, Klopp doesn't want a replay. Because we're all thinking, oh, it's got to be a replay. When will a replay be? It's got, it looks like it's got to finish in nil-nil. Um, yeah, but it was definitely a, a really strong start to that second half as well. Yeah, they made changes in the second half that that we had to deal with. Um, when Gakpo went up top, gives a bit of a different um, focal point for Liverpool than, than Nunes. Um, they switch around a lot, but we it's, it's football at the end of the day. When you miss chances, they come back to bite you, and, and and that's that's what happened in that in that game. But I've got no doubt that when we play them on February the fourth, that we'll beat them at home. As long as our confidence picks up again and we start to win a few games, they're there for the taking in my opinion, with a better side. Um, we're just in a bad spot at the minute. I'll be there, but unfortunately I won't see the game because it's my birthday and I'm banned to be blind, blind drunk by the time you've all bought me beers because you'll be, oh, you'll be drinking just, by that stage. As well. I'm not buying you a beer. <laughs> Listen, I, I had a little look at my bank statement today. Ouch, ouch from yesterday. Yeah, it was an expensive day. Too easy. Ping, ping, ping. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you spend cash as well. Yeah, I did. Oh, sh- Donald, watch yeah. this program, Fergus. Stop it's, it. It was it was my cash that I lent you because we couldn't oh. spend any in there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll let you off there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, own, uh, the own goal, Kivior. Um, you touched on it earlier, Trevor, um, about Ramsdale and and. I've seen the replay and slowed down and everything else to do on VAR. Um, Ramsdale had that well covered, um, and I think he was he was he was going to punch that ball well clear. Kivior just gets caught a bit rabbit in headlights in the back of the net, doesn't he? Is is he is he good enough as even backup for us? Or you know, oh look, Fergie, he's not a bad player. I'm not going to pull the mm. lens, but. It was. It, I've watched it back today. I've not watched the whole game back. I couldn't suffer it, but I've watched that bit back today, and I honestly thought he was poor defending from Kivior because he was up above everybody else, and he could see the ball coming, and he's put it squarely into into his own net. People say that um, that Ramsdale should have stayed on his line. Raya would have stayed on his line. That old argument. If they run their line, they weren't saving that header. They run their line, they weren't saving it. Flew in off of Kivior, didn't it? So. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. It was a poor bit of defending, and and Leanne's right. He looks devastated, but so he should. So he should because players of that calibre should learn from them things. And if he wasn't devastated, Leanne, then I'd be worried. If he'd come up from that smiling and 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 ran off, I'd have been worried. The fact that he looked devastated tells me that he knows he's made a bit of a cock up, and and he's going to make sure we don't do it again. Mm. Dan, what did you make of, of, of that? And then we made some changes after that. But what did you make of of um, conceding? Especially, yes, they grew into the game and they did get better in the game. But I thought they were just going, listen, we go for a draw, we lose. I, I, I didn't think they were pushing to win and it went against the run of play a little. 
Yeah, I thought the only way they was going to score at that point was was um, from a set piece, but it felt very much like a lack of communication within the team, um, whether the keeper needs to call for it, whether the defenders need to call for it. Um, Kibio didn't attack the ball. He was very much still. He didn't really get off the ground. His jump wasn't great. Um, I think poor poor defending from a set piece is it's what happens. You get punished. Um, I think when you look at that game, I don't think I can really call many people out in that game and say they didn't play well. I think if I had to pick the player that didn't play the best out of the whole squad, I'd probably say it was Kivior, um of them in, in general play as well. But again, not going to be hard on, on the lad. I feel sorry for him that he's pushed out to left back. I don't think he's a left back. I think he needs to be playing as a centre-half in his natural position. Some centre-halves do not like being played out wide. Um, they don't like being defending one-on-one. You look at Kivior from open play, he tucks in too, too close to the centre-back. He doesn't want to be out wide. He doesn't want to be isolated. And I don't think he's comfortable there. Um, I think yeah, he's, a bit, uh, he's a bit of a square peg modern, around. Modern full-backs have to be a lot, an awful lot more mobile and do an awful lot more up and down the pitch rather than just hoofing the ball away. Like, I'm not saying that Saliba, but he can he can, he can hoof it away perfectly. Um, we made yeah, three exactly, substitutions. Sorry, exactly what Lyle said. He's not even a third-choice left-back because... Mm. He's, I don't think he is even a left back. He just he's played there. It's a square peg in a round hole. So um, that's why I don't want to sort of get on his back. He's a young lad. He's got talent. I think he'll be a good asset to the team when he plays at centre half. You know, when he came in um, the back end of last season at centre half instead of holding, I think he had a, a good run of games and he's, he's he had some good performances. But I think left back's not his mm. position. Well, and while we're talking about that, Ferg, it's worth remembering because I've seen the odd person moaning about him, and it's wrong. Um, ben White's not a right back. Ben White was brought into the club as a centre half, and he's played right back for the last couple of seasons and, and done really well, in my view. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, some people just need to think a little bit before they before they start calling these players out. You know, we made further substitutions. Then at eighty one and eighty eight minutes, we took Trigini off ready, um, which was in direct response to us conceding the goal. And we brought uh, ESR and Trassard on to replace Kivior and Havertz and the 88th minute of the game. Making substitutions like that is almost... Uh, Trev, how effective... Or, or Dan, if you want, um, either. How effective is making subs at that point? Is is it a bit too late? Should we not just put all three on, like, you know, at the same time, at the 81 minute, even though that was in reaction to, the, to conceding the goal? Who wants to go? Oh, well, look, I don't mind. Yeah, um, I have a lot of sympathy for Smith Rowe at the moment. Um, I thought that Arteta got it a bit mixed up last night. It, we was clearly struggling from long before the the um, the 88th minute. Yeah, Smith Rowe didn't get a go. I would have had Smith Rowe on for Havertz a lot earlier, a lot earlier. I, I think that. In them situations, you roll the dice, you know, and you hope for the best. And I want to see Smith Rowe get more game time. And from about the 70th minute onwards last night, 75th minute onwards, maybe, I thought that it was an ideal time to chuck Smith Rowe on and, and let him show what we can do. He might have even turned out to be the plan B. Who knows? But we'll never know, you know? Mm. Dan, what was your thoughts on the substitutions? I'm trying to think about... The scenario of the game at the time when he made the subs and and the first sub when he brought on Martinelli for Nelson, I think was perfect timing. We we spoke about it in the ground and then he made a big big in, impact. Then the next sub that you have to bring on if you've not got 
a natural centre forward up top was Eddie, and he ended up bringing him on. And I think at one point he took off um, the holding midfielder. So who else is going to change at that point? And if you're going to change one of the eights or someone in that position, it's not going to be someone that goes out left. It's not going to be someone up top. So it's going to be in one of those eight positions. And then you had ESR or Trossard. And I think of the two, I think Trossard deserves more of a more of a go than, than ESR at the minute. Um, and I think as a fan base, we get too sentimental with certain players. I don't think ESR will make it at the club. And I've said this a few times. I'd love him to. He's one of our local boys that's come through the academy, but I don't think he's going to make it at the club. And I'm not surprised his, his game time is limited. Um, I, I can't see him changing a game for us at the moment, personally. So unless there's a major change in the system and the way we play, and again, I'm not the manager, I don't know what he was thinking at that time. I, I understand him not coming on too late. Mm. I, 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 I can't argue with a lot of what you say because I, I, I do think Trossard has been very uh, had a lot of impact coming off the, the bench. He seems to be better off the bench than he has in many of his starts. Um, Smithrow, as much as I like him, I can't see him getting ahead of um, flavour of the month in Havertz. Um, when you spend sixty-five million pound on a on a player, you're going to play them. Um, and we all said that when Havertz was signed the impact that would probably have on ESR plus his fitness. But he's, he's never going to get a proper run. He's too good for the unders and he's not getting enough enough game time for for the, the, the first team, Trev. What do we do with a problem called uh, ESR? Well, before he got injured, he was getting more game time and he was playing really well in it, and he was scoring goals. He was scoring goals very much in the Odegaard fashion, you know, if you think back. Um, so... I just like to see him giving a. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to tell anybody that I think ESR is a game changer and, and going to be a world beater. But I'm also not going to say that he's not going to do magical things because he's not had the game time to show me that. Right. So I can't, I'm not making the the, the 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 balls out of the court for ESR at the moment. I I look at Havertz right, and I think that he never made it really at Chelsea. Right. He didn't. He, Chelsea bombed him out. But Arteta must have seen something in him. And Arteta didn't see something in Havertz for 5, 10, 15, 20 million. Arteta saw something in Havertz for 65 million. So he must, there must be something that Arteta knows about Havertz that we're going to start seeing pretty soon. Because I'm not seeing 65 million pounds worth at the moment. That's not a personal attack on a player. It's just the way I think. But I, I, for, for, for Edu and Arteta spend 65 million on him. I'm sure that they 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 know what they want to do with him, and hopefully it's going to come to fruition sooner rather than later, because we, we need it. We we need him on. We need him doing more than he does. He looks a bit timid to me, Havertz. He just looks a bit timid. He doesn't look like he's a uh, put his foot into the mix when it really needs putting in. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I want to see more from him. I'm sure that. I, I, uh, Arteta and Edu want to see more from him. Fingers crossed. As we move into the second part of the season, we see more from him. And it might be case Danny might be right here. Look, Alex is a good player. He's just been ruined by Chelsea. I hope that's the case, Danny. And it's just taking him a bit of time to get going. I really do hope that's the case, mate. I want to see every player that plays for the Arsenal succeed. But right at this very moment in time, I want to see some improvement. I want to see him being a leader on that pitch. 
I want to see him being sixty-five million pounds worth of player. You know, money well spent, not down the drain. I think they have taken a bit of a gamble on him. At the end of the day, they they know the player he potentially could be and the player he was showing at Leverkusen, and then what happened at Chelsea. So I think there is a bit of a gamble there. Um, I think there's more Dan, natural Dan, there. Dan, knowing that we needed a striker, or we need somebody who can score goals. And the limitations of the FFP that we're all talking about coming into the transfer window. Is that a gamble we should have taken then? Or should we, do, or should we have addressed the first problem, the core problem first, before we go and have a luxury purchase in Kai Havertz? Well, Again, not thinking about Hindsight's fantastic, right? At the point we signed Havertz, exactly. we've just come off of the, the, the start of the season where everyone was scoring still. We'd had a bit of a knocking confidence at the end of the season, but we didn't feel like we were going to lack goals. We looked at strikers and we thought Jesus is going to come back and he's been fantastic. We we always knew we needed a backup. You know, Eddie, I feel sorry for him because his strike rate is, is is probably one of the best. I think he's the second best in our squad um, in terms of output to expected goals. But we know he's not going to be the player. We know we needed a backup. We didn't think we needed to go out and get that top number one striker unless there was some huge, huge player with the X Factor like an Mbappe or an Ossiman or someone that became available. So what we wanted at that point was to try and bring someone in that can one fill Xhaka's role, that maybe gives us a bit more creativity there as well, but also a player that offers something in the air and with his back to goal. And I think Havertz does offer that. Um, I don't think you can look back and say we expected everyone to drop off as they have. And now everyone's all of a sudden questioning that, that even more. I genuinely feel like Havertz has had uh, a 6.5, 7 out of 10 start to his career at Arsenal. He hasn't been anywhere near as bad as people are making out to be. No, no, I agree with you. A lot of room to improve to. You see, boys, no, I agree with you. And don't forget, right, Paul's exactly right in his comment now, right? That comment there, in that we were when we signed Havertz, we were scoring goals from all angles, from all areas. It, I, I, Mikel Arteta did, could not, because no human being could have foreseen all of our forward players stopping scoring at one time. You couldn't foresee it. It's impossible to foresee, especially as we're still making the chances and still approaching the penalty area with great moves like we have done. So, you know, um, when he signed Abbott's, maybe it wasn't so clear that we might have needed a striker. So, uh, you know, yeah. I have a bit of sympathy with Arteta. And what, what I remember, while it comes to Arteta, I've seen the odd moan about today about Arteta, right? We're going to do that in a sec. Oh, sorry, Ferg. Sorry, Ferg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, just finishing up, finishing up on the game, there's nothing really we could have done about the, 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 the great goal by Diaz at the end on the 94th minute. People flooding out of the stadium. Uh, a lot of talk about um, some boos and booing in the stadium. Heard a few around us. I didn't hear it as bad as uh, when you listen back on the TV. Um, Dan, do you recall, you were more sober than me, do you recall much groaning and moaning and stuff? Yeah, quite a bit. I was surprised that people have not heard as much, to be honest. And when you watch it back on BBC, go watch when the full-time whistle blows, you can hear it. Um, I, I, I've i got absolutely no grey area on this, in my opinion, and people are going to get the ump and I couldn't care less. If you boo your team, you are not a supporter in my eyes. And I'm not telling people how to support the team or what to do. Honestly, I, I really understand some fans having different opinions and not agreeing on Arteta or on certain players. And, and football is a game of opinions. No one's going to agree. We don't have to agree. But the definition of a supporter 
it's to offer your support to try and lift them up to improve them to get behind them i don't understand what you're trying to achieve by booing your team do you really believe that those players are going to all of a sudden think oh, i've heard the fans booing i'm now gonna you know get a rocket on my backside and we're gonna play better no they're gonna think don't really want to play for these fans whereas when you're there win or lose clapping at the end and, and saying some come on pick yourselves up let's go again they're gonna want more now we all want the same thing as fans we want our team to win that's the only thing we want i couldn't really care less about anything else i just want my team to win so the way i'm going to try and do that the only thing i can have control of as a fan is to try to make some noise and get behind them not to boo them and i don't actually believe that the majority, I'd say 99% of the fans that really follow this club, that go home and away, that put time, effort and money into this team, boo them. Um, so I think it's a shame to be having comments on this because I think the majority of our really good fans that we've got, our great fan base, don't boo them. But there are some people that feel entitled that we are a club that has to win absolutely everything, that they can come once a season and they can say, I'm not happy now, I'm going to boo. Well, when they've been that silent throughout the whole game, they made more noise at that final whistle, I bet, than I've heard a lot of them make throughout the game. The time to make a noise was during the game, not at the end of it. Yeah, it's Fergie, it's, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? I can't get my head around them. I mean, I didn't, it, I'm in block seven, as you guys know, and I didn't hear any booing around me at the end of the game. Um, it's been suggested to me today that the fans that were booing might have been booing the officials and not the players. Um, so I take that on board. But if you are, if you ever boo our players, you you need to be taking a real good look at yourself, not a look at our team. You know, we support our club through thick and thin. What our what our players need, especially after last night when we didn't play too badly, is something that might be really hard to do. Especially, it was hard for me to do last night because I was so grumpy at the at the result. Clap them off! I I clap them off and I let them know I'm there to support them through thick and thin, you know, through good and bad. That is why we go to watch games of football. So we don't need to be booing it at all. It, 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 the, there's no positives to come from booing a football team. You know, there are no positives to come, especially not in that situation. Mm. Daniel Harris from The Guardian wrote an article about 10 things that they've uh, he noticed from the FA Cup, and he, his top one was one on Mikel Arteta. I'll summarise a couple of bits out of it. He said, uh, if results don't improve quickly for Mikel Arteta, we'll soon experience intense, uh, an intensified version of pressure. Uh, While well, he's done a decent job over the last few seasons, uh, he's been afforded money, and now he has a player he likes in every position, for, and with also with various alternatives. Making success, uh, making a success, success is no longer a bonus. It's become a necessity. The lack of reliable goal scorer and the able to redeem and uh, the ability able to redeem a poor performance, or as it happens against Liverpool, a really uh, good one go unwarranted. A striker might help, but Arteta also has to tweak his uh, side style and fat and fast to prevent the season, or perhaps uh, buying some players to help them uh, go through. Thoughts then, Trevor, because you started saying about Arteta, it, it you know. Daniel Harris says he will come under some pressure at some point. He's clearly already under pressure and has been from day one because, you know, you point a rookie manager or a guy who has managed to a, a club uh, that is Arsenal Football Club four years ago. He's done a great job so far. And every day of that time he's done a great job, he would have been under pressure. Pressure to form, perform at the highest level. Look, right. 
there's absolutely nothing wrong with calling Arteta out about his tactics or the way he set, we've done it tonight or the way he sets his team up who he might buy or who he might sell or put get some reasoning behind why he chooses one goalkeeper over another as fans we are absolutely entitled to do that and we do we do it all the time on this on this podcast but people are actually calling i've seen the odd one or two today not many actually saying that he's coming under pressure and he might have to go well guys we're still better than we were before he took over. We're in a much, much better place. Mikel Arteta is nowhere near being sacked or leaving the Arsenal Football Club. You know, he's he's he couldn't foresee the position we were going to see ourselves in. You know, anyone that thinks they 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 could foresee what 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 was happening at the Arsenal the last couple of games, you really should be a football manager because you're better than most other people. So yeah, we'll call him out, but um, he's nowhere near going. Not only James here says it's it's spent seven hundred million now. Great job is a bit over the top, lads, right? But it's not just about what he spent, right? It's what he had to do when he first came in, right? He had to face up to some real big name players, some real prima donnas who were not performing for the Arsenal Football Club. Those same people that got a fire manager like Emery, the sack, right? Because they wouldn't play for him. And he's had to do that. He's had to go through that. And he's he, he's not only bought players, he's he set it all up from the backroom staff to, to the players on the field. And for me, he ain't doing nothing wrong yet. He ain't doing nothing wrong yet. I see Fergus is, uh, for, for everyone that's wondering about what <laughs> Fergus is doing, he's gone for a wee because at his age, you know, he can't hold his bladder for... Uh, an hour of our podcast. Is it is it a wee or is he dropping the kids off at the pool? Yeah, what? Is it is it a wee or is he dropping the kids off at the pool? It could be, yeah. yeah it could be. Yeah. He might yeah. be he might yeah. even be straightening yeah. during the podcast. <laughs> he might even be straightening that wonky picture, Dan, behind us. He's no, there's no chance of him doing that. No chance no. at all. But no, what, there's 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 so many things to say on that Arteta thing and, and comments and things I've heard, right? And and the first thing I would say is, as the, you're right, Epo. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. The only thing I would say is, I absolutely agree. There's, there's the people that think you can't question him. You absolutely can question him, no doubt about it. Everyone can be questioned, so everyone has to be held to account. But where I, where I see Arteta, he took over in a position where we were in absolute dire straits, and he's brought us back beyond anywhere I could imagine within that period. I never I honestly didn't believe that in four in four years that we would be back challenging two consecutive seasons and be in a position that we are now with the connection we have with the club, with the style of play that we have with the club, with the young squad that we have and all the potential we have in our squad. And I can't for the life of me see how people believe that Arteta is the problem. And Arteta is also a young coach. Yes, he spent a lot of money. There's a lot of money in football to go around. But I wouldn't say saying he's been great is over the top. In fact, I'd say that's downplaying what he's done because I think he's been an absolute re revelation. I think he's been unbelievable as a manager in what he's done for our club. And generally, my support for Arteta is, is unwavered. There is, there's not a single person I would want as manager instead of him. 100% support behind him in what he's doing. And I do honestly believe he's the man that's going to take us back to winning trophies more than we probably have in the past. 
but you have to give him time. You have to give him the same amount of time that you give to a young player. Will we sing his name? Will we sing his name when he brings back a game? <laughs> Absolutely. But you, you have to give him the same time that you give to young players because he's going to make the same mistakes. But what you can't always do is pinpoint and put things on him that are not his primary responsibility. People saying, Arteta, go buy a striker. This isn't FIFA. This isn't the football manager. It's not that easy to go, I'll oh, click a button and I'll buy a striker then. Oh, let's and just go January's, not the best time. January's not the best time either. No, no but Ferg, let's go buy Ivan Tony then, right? Well, the player that's just come out and said one, he's committed to Brentford. The club that said 100 million when he isn't worth it. Let's just go buy him with the money that we don't have. It's, it's not that simple. And I think people need to get out of this idealistic world where everything's as simple as they think it is on paper in a computer game because it isn't like that. He doesn't make the signings on his own. He has a whole backroom staff and people up top in the board that's got to make those decisions. There's the finance behind it that makes a big, big difference. This is a major corporate. You think Arteta is going to be able to say, OK, I'm going to have 100 million and go spend it on a striker. It's not his decision. He, he might have an input in who he wants and targets and things like that, but that's about as far as it goes. I think people live in a naive world that they think they can just go and buy who they want and, and then they think it'll be hunky-dory. Arnie yeah. has got a, uh, has got a suggestion. Uh, Ten you're, you're exactly right. But I'm just watching the uh, FA Cup draw and Tottenham have got a home draw against Manchester City. That'll be interesting. But uh, I'm not interested in that anymore. Dan, you're exactly right, mate. You know, um, call him out for his tactics. Call him out for, you know, his planning if he has a bad game. But overall, overall, Dan, you're exactly right. We still have a fine young manager on our hands. You know, we're still on an upward spiral. We've hit a bit of a we've hit a bit of a slippery slope. But as I said earlier in the program, I'm sure that that so, slippery slope won't continue for long. So, what's caused that slippery slope? Is it something on or off the pitch? Uh, is is there disquiet behind the scenes? I've heard talks of. Uh, the 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 Raya, uh, Ramsdale situation, the Havertz favoritism, uh, Smith Rowe not getting enough game time, Gabriel being dropped for the first two games, loads of different things. And listen, I don't hear it directly, but it's reasonably close uh, that people nobody he hasn't nobody's questioning the manager, but I think people are just going uh, raised eyebrow here and there. People are uh, some people some people are going back to I think Arteta needs to. To leave and I'll tear out. And, and that's oh, oh no, no. I, I, listen, I'm on a WhatsApp group and I can see loads of that. And there's there's people on other fan channels and clicking for and screaming and shouting at, at, at webcams to to for various reasons and saying all that ridiculous stuff. Because okay, right, Arteta decides. You know what? I don't. I can't stand all this crap that comes up on social media. I'm not interested anymore. I'm walking away. Who do you get in 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 his place? Name, Ferg, name a decent manager there who you can get in his place. Ferg, listen, if we all had the answers to the questions you just asked, mate, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We'd be manager of a football team, right? But a very important point you touched on there, right, is people need to remember as well, and I'm not going to name any names, I'm not calling anyone out physically, right, personally, that us having this bad run has played into the hands of certain news channels certain press channels, and absolutely certain so-called Arsenal channels, right? Played into their hands. They like nothing more than getting more clicks and making more money on the back of a bit of a bad run at the Arsenal. And I'm proud to say that I can sit here and that say I know for a fact that will never happen on this podcast. We've pulled Arsenal to pieces tonight, 
but we're proper supporters, you know. We're not gonna we're not gonna use this blipping form to try and better ourselves, right? The only thing we've all got on our mind, the three of us, is seeing our great football team improve, you know, get their form back. So I'm frustrated about it all, right? And Fergo, is it time for me to? We were talking this morning, weren't we, mate, with our hangovers um, about talk sport? And I said I don't listen to it very often, you know. And but you talked about it, and I listened to it on the on the way home today. And this is what we have to battle, right? From from certain man, parts of the media, that Jim White, Graham Sowness, and that Simon Jordan bloke on from Crystal Palace, right? And they're picking the Arsenal performance apart. And in fairness, Jim White and Soundness were really doing good. They were talking about the game, talking what they thought our bad bits were, what our good bits were. I really enjoyed listening to them. And then that Jordan came in, right? And his remit against the Arsenal was so apparent within about 10 seconds. Within 10 seconds, he was calling Arteta out for talking badly about refs, right? <laughs> He was calling um, Saka out because he was moaning, got, he got tackled too much. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. It's the day after a big loss. We ain't here to talk about this. It was absolutely awful, Jordan, this morning. For someone who, who purports to be an intelligent man and, and an intellectual, his standard of journalism on TalkSport this morning was disgraceful. And I, I just thank Soundness and Jim White for keeping him in his place, really. And I had to get that off my chest tonight. I really did. Yeah, I, I can't have Jim White. Um, Soonness, he's just always bitter on everything he's on. He's bitter about absolutely everything. I think he's bitter about his heart attack. And he's he's bitter about... He, I think he wakes up and he, he sucks on a lemon. Um, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Dale Knowles, a.k.a. Jimmy O'Hara. Um, well, <laughs> we say no more on there. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I, I quite like Simon Jordan. Again, it's, it's tomatoes, tomatoes. Uh, I think he says it as it is. Uh, you don't have to necessarily like him. Um, but I, I think Jordan, you know, he, he, as Dale said, he wins his argument based on his vocabulary, not his knowledge. Right. Listen, I, I've got to come back to you, uh, you about that with that Jordan fella, right? In that he does say it right straight. But he doesn't say it on what he sees. He says it on, on his what his remit is, right? And there's a massive difference. Oh, yeah. But the, the, to be honest, oh, that, is, that is the reason for uh, those sort of channels, be it no, that not. channel. Or, no, 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 no. Hang on. Be it that, be it Sky Sports News, be it any of the news channels. They just do clips and stuff just to you know, generate clicks. It's no different than all the newspapers. Now, they've even got some guy with tattoos and a ginger short fella on the front of the sun in America. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got the shock of my life when I was saying that this week. My Lord. He sounds more yeah. jealous than anything than he's right, to be honest. But yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I the, yeah. the, last, the last thing I'll tell you on that, just quickly, back to, back, let's get away from talk right and all that crap, but back to, people wanting change constantly there's there's a culture in society now and i'm not going to get too deep into into politics and different things but whatever it is whether it's political whether it's life whether it's comedians on stage whether it's football there's a cancel culture and everybody wants to change and whenever they don't like something they want it changed immediately they have no patience and sometimes 
things in life are not that easy to just make a change and everything will be hunky-dory. Sometimes you have to see things through and, and you have to you have to put up with a bit of the bad times to get the, the good times. And just let's not worry about things that are outside of our control. Let's just get behind the boys and make some noise and enjoy watching football. And, and let's not pick too much of the negatives and, and move past it because if not, you're going to drive yourselves mad on things that are not going to change that are outside your control. And also you're going to piss off everyone around you. So cheer up. Yes. So we've got a winter break coming up. We've got no football for nearly two weeks, 13 days. We play Crystal Palace, early kickoff. Uh, first one back, 12.30. Uh, I don't think there'll be any pub beforehand. It'll be straight in the stadium. I think a couple of beers in there early. Um, oh, that's going to be difficult because you have to taste the stuff then. You haven't you haven't anesthetised your mouth in, in a pub with a decent pint before you have that crap that they serve us in there. Um, and then... Uh, our next game then after that will be Forest away on the Tuesday night. Uh, and then we've got Liverpool back again. So we probably won't have a podcast next week unless we can think of something, but we might yeah, have the week off. I've got some planning. I'm, I'm planning something now, folks. I'll tell you about it after. It would be nice for you to tell me beforehand, but, you know. <laughs> well, I, you know what? You could even, even tell the wife this morning when you're having a cup of coffee downstairs. Oh, guess what? Next Monday, you don't have a well, Monday off. <laughs> and for me then, how do I, you idiot? By the time I was driving home this morning, and by the time I'd got bored with Simon Gobby Jordan after about 10 seconds and turned talk sport off, that's when I started thinking about things. My God, you're hard work sometimes, Fergus. <laughs> Let's... Fergal, we can't go yet, right? Because there's something else I want to talk about, right? Just briefly, right? And that's all this going on. And it's a lot of managers are moaning about... No, take me off there, folks. Take me off there. A lot of managers are moaning put, put about... Back, put back. About the overplaying of players, right? And then managers that are moaning about players playing too often. They're not even players that are in Europe. They're not even teams that are in Europe, you know? We're managers from teams that are going to play 38 games this year and maybe a couple of games in the FA Cup moaning about playing too much football. They've had two international breaks, or is it three? They've had two or three international breaks already this season, three international breaks already this season, and now that most of them have got a couple of weeks off. Listen, don't give me this rubbish, right? Don't give me this rubbish about playing too much football. A couple of hundred grand a week, there's millions of people on this planet that would go and run it, run and play every day of the week for a year. So it's absolute rubbish about this playing too much football. This bloke at what's his name, that manager at Brentford. Oh, it's a terrible result. We had a draw. You're only in the league and the cup, mate. You ain't got all of Europe to play and stuff like that. Give us a break, us fans, right? And let us see some football. Let's keep our replays in our FA Cup. You know, I wish it was continuous replays, like when we had to play Liverpool four times and Sheffield Wednesday five times, you know. Made great football for the for the, for the fans of football. So you just get on managing your clubs and stop moaning about your workload. You don't do a lot anyway. Right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. We're done. Uh, right, so we might or might not be back, depending on whether I um, am amenable to Trevor's uh, requirements. If we're if we're not back, though, can you use that hour to please sort eighty photos, mate? I just don't want to figure out. My 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 photos are straight. No, please, please. Look, I'm not going to embarrass you off air. Just go away from the podcast. What are you talking foolishness for? Ferg, listen. Think about yourself, mate. You know. Play some music, mate. Right, and then when it ends, I'm going to do you and Dan and me a favour and make an apology on our behalf. 
I'm not going to say any more on that until after we listen to our favourite music, mate. again <laughs> oh wow man you see win lose or draw boys we we're lucky enough to support a wonderful football club right and and then that are just using our current bad run just to make money or get clicks you should be embarrassed about yourselves because it's your real arsenal fan a real proper arsenal fan nothing nothing matters apart from supporting our great team and last night after the game we, the, they were trying to shut the ground early which is understandable because of all the transport issues but a young steward we were by no means the last to leave but a young steward tried to usher us out that. oh that just comes a flashback <laughs> and he got a right volley he got a right volley but he, he got a right volley because we'd just lost the game of football and we were out of the fa cup we were all in a bad mood so after we'd given the volley and told him not to be a jobs worth I did pull into one side and said, look, mate, I'm really sorry. It's not you. It's just the mood at the moment. So we owed the stewards an apology for last night, and I've just done that. But in future, stewards, a little lesson to learn. If we've lost and everyone's upset, just go about it a bit gentler because you're going to get a reaction, an involuntary reaction. Fortunately, most people are like us, and they'll apologise straight away. And it wasn't Liz. I'm going to go as far as saying we've got Gunnar Hilsey, we've got Mojito Trev, and now we've got Pitbull Trev. Got what? <laughs> Pitbull, Pitbull Trev. Trev. <laughs> Irish Mick, you've been on a whiskey, son, if you think they look straight, let me tell uh, you. You've been on we'll a whiskey. Stick, we'll stick together, Mick. We'll stick together. <laughs> against these against these fellas oh yeah that's yeah. you know it's it's the hair color he wants to be irish he so wants to be irish with a traditional like hair color like that but he can't so he has to pick holes in the pictures so didn't, you, um, didn't you get introduced yesterday as my uh as my great granddad or whatever it was no 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 I, is, is that is that your dad that was that's the, the yeah, i said no you know he's my granddad but you know and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that picture in the middle at the bottom there, if that's straight, I'm going to go and get my that, eyes that tested. One. That one. Yeah. Straight. I'm going to go and get my that, eyes tested if it, that's straight. It, it is straight, lads. You need to see it. Is. Listen, fuck off the periods. You have been watching. Comes and yellow ribbons. An Arsenal podcast. My Arsenal next week. Or Arsenal Listen, there's been low. You in the in 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 tw on Twitter on Facebook on YouTube, just go to um go to the channel and and like and subscribe. Up the Arsenal, fuck the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, and remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.
everybody's just looking at my wall these days. That's all they're looking at. Ha <laughs> ha